They just get down there and they find at the bottom of the trench it's that fucking pod from the end of Paradox. They're like, we're still in here! Alright everyone, hello and welcome to a new episode of Screenplay Archaeology. I am your host, Kieran Mithead. Shadow Crab. Back once again, I guess that Superman Lives episode took it out of you. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even fucking remember. Oh, I remember now. <laughs> Who's the oh, man? Like, I'm the man. Yeah, that's exactly what I was fucking thinking dude, right now. Because <laughs> I was like, I was about to say, I don't remember what happened, but in that split second, that's what, that's the... <laughs> Though that's the line that made me go, oh, I remember. <laughs> yes, that's the only thing that actually like stuck with. Me. I was I was actually thinking about that recently because I didn't watch it, but Dan Gilroy just had his new movie on uh come out on Netflix with Jake Gyllenhaal, and everyone's talking about like this movie's really silly, and I'm like, this is the guy who wrote Lex Luthor in a song talking about how he's the man. <laughs> this shouldn't surprise anybody. <laughs> amazing but uh no tonight we're going to be covering uh and this this should come with like a minimal amount of uh background but we're going to be talking about chronicle 2 martyr the max landis script as a sequel to his breakthrough film that he wrote chronicle which is that found footage superhero movie directed by the now infamous josh trank and before we dive into anything i'm just going to give a quick summary of the plot and that's basically it's nine months after the end of the first chronicle and there's these two People named Jack and Miranda have a crazy grudge against Matt because of the events of the first movie, and so they're now, you know, building something that's designed to take him down, and that's the plot. <laughs> exactly. That's all it is. I mean, it takes 30 pages to reveal it, but they basically build a mech suit. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> and so... And so, yeah, before we get into that, um, the original Chronicle is... I rewatched it again recently for the first time in years, and that still holds up pretty well. Yeah, I, I would think so. I mean, I haven't seen it since since I first saw it, but I mean, I I, I had no problem problem with it. Even even at times when some of my friends tell me why they didn't like it, I just don't. I just don't. I, just, I can't relate to to that. But no, no, there, there, there's there's a lot there's a lot of good stuff in the movie. The three central performances are very good. I mean, Michael B. Jordan steals the movie pretty much when he's in it. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, Dane, shame Dane DeHaan has not kind of gotten the career that Michael B. Jordan has off of this. Because he's really, really good in that movie. He really carries it pretty well. If I have one, and I like like the stuff, like I think it's kind of cool seeing them, how you get that kind of like crazy scene with the weird crystal thing of them getting their powers. And you have like scene after scene of them just kind of having fun with it and testing them out. And there's this, there's this whole montage of them just going through a mall pranking people. Yeah. And Michael B. Jordan moves the woman's car with his mind, and she's looking around for it, and you hear him say, this time it was the black guy. Oh, Jesus. And it, it's a really good movie, and the way it builds up towards uh, Dane DeHaan sort of losing his mind, and then they have to, he has to get fought and killed by his cousin at the end of the movie. That's all really well done, and that action scene at the end where it's jumping from camera to camera is, is really well handled. You never feel lost, even more so than some other actual movies with normal filmmaking, like you were talking about Resident Evil before we started talking. Oh, right. <laughs> with all that crazy editing and pacing just being... 
a, a mess. And just recently, even Captain Marvel had some iffy editing in a couple places. At times, I guess. It, it, was, it, wasn't th- it wasn't throughout the whole movie like I hear of Resident Evil, but there were a couple of action scenes where it just went, went a little, whoa, Quantum of Solace-y. <laughs> <laughs> I, ha- I haven't even seen that. Oh, oh, yeah. Look, that is one of the most ridiculously I, edited movies. <laughs> I stopped at uh, Casino Royale. Oh, Casino Royale was, was so good. <laughs> That's when I was like, all right, no more. But no, Chronicle was really good. And uh, we all know what Josh Trank went on to direct after Chronicle. (laughs) Jesus. Which is, I have, I mean, fuck, dude. So, so much went wrong, I guess, was the Fantastic Four. Uh, yeah, so much. There, there's so much with that movie, and it's a shame that none of the scripts have really gotten out there, because I would love to do that Fantastic Four. I've got I've got loads of, like, 90s and early 2000s Fantastic Four scripts to cover down the line, but none of that later stuff has ever gotten out. Yeah, when it does, that'll probably be the only time I'll actually see the movie, just so I can listen to the podcast episode about it. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I, I still haven't seen it either. I keep meaning to eventually watch because, I mean, I've sat through Rise of the Silver Surfer more than once, and that movie is a piece of shit. So. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, but yeah, and uh, although he has made a movie that's it's not out yet, but he did the, uh, the Al Capone movie with Tom Hardy, so hopefully that turns out okay. Oh, shit, he's doing that? Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's like a low-budget indie movie with, uh, Al Capone, with uh, Tom Hardy playing an older Al Capone after he gets out of prison, I think. And, of course... Landis has gone on to write a ton of shit since then. Like, he's done so many of these tiny indie movies, which I've never seen. I have a handful of his scripts in my file, and I haven't, I haven't even bothered to pick up everything. But, uh, I, I, I mean, I didn't see American Ultra. I didn't even know that movie existed until after it was out and he was bitching about it. Yeah, I didn't see it either. Like, he did th- that, those couple, like, he directed one or two, which those came out, and I completely missed those. I saw Victor Frankenstein, though, which... That's a film which, if you have a sort of appreciation for Frankenstein movies, it's a lot of fun because it's basically like a Hammer Frankenstein movie, only with James McAvoy as crazy, drunken Dr. Frankenstein. All right, cool. Yeah, the it, fact that you said that it's like a, a Hammer type of movie, then I'm like, all right. Yeah, it's actually I'll definitely pretty, put that on, on my list to like, see later. Like, it's, it's got a couple of weird tonal issues. Like, there's a couple places where they tried to make it into a... Uh, they tried to do some stylizations like Guy Ritchie's Sherlock Holmes that just feels kind of random. Oh, <laughs> like, it's only like one or two places in the movie it's funny because the guy who directed it directed like half of like the the bbc sherlock series so it's like the guy's trying to dip his feet into both pools <laughs> and apparently they cut something like 20 minutes out of the first act or something and they like montage through it mm. and so there's like character developments and, like you have like the the shitty moriarty who was also on sherlock is in that <laughs> as this like police inspector who's not really given a whole lot in the way of motivation but it was an all right movie and bright i saw bright on netflix that was okay yeah, that's fine. Although apparently David Ayer changed that script a lot. Oh, he did. Oh, yeah. Okay. That, from what I understand, I, I didn't hear about that. I didn't hear that. And ba- basically, yeah, like it, like Landis went real, real quiet right before it released because he apparently wasn't happy with some of that stuff. Mm. And I've read people saying because I have the script, I haven't read it, but I've heard I've heard people say that, like a lot of that stuff like didn't even make it into the movie. Uh, I like, wonder if I wonder if a lot of that stuff justifies Max saying this is like my Star Wars. <laughs> but like apparently like the nature of the villains was completely changed or something like that. Like apparently the bad guys are like witches or something in the script and then they made them elves in the movie or something. Mm. But hey, in tw- it was a better role for uh, Numi Rapace in 2017 than Alien Covenant was. <laughs> in uh, having to be a corpse on a table in a uh, Fastbender sex dungeon. <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
goddamn covenant with no no I'm not gonna go off on that tangent. Save yeah, that. Yeah, for- I I think I think I heard recently that that was like um I think Fox messing around with it. I think yeah. they didn't want her. Yeah, Fox in the is, movie. Fox decided they didn't want her. That's stupid. Well, I mean, the movie. If if it was like seventy percent the same movie and she shows up in like the third act, it wouldn't fix it. Yeah, I mean, for, I saw I saw it again recently, thinking that okay, maybe. I might change my mind a little bit because a lot of my friends actually like it to the point where I'm asking, is this like, were you guys just like doing a, a meme of sorts or I just didn't realize it? But I guess not. But I mean, my second viewing of it, I don't think anything changed. I mean, I, I guess I'll see, I'll see it again one day. Maybe. See what happens I, I haven't seen but, it in nearly two years. So. <laughs> yeah, I pretty much, yeah, the same thing happened. Like, well, no, well, I saw it a few months ago. So you're in something for me. But so far, no, no difference in what I think about it. But uh, I did read his, uh, to get back on the Max Landis topic, I did read his uh, Power Rangers script, which was a fun read, but it was uh, it was really messy and had a lot of shit going on. And it gets to a point where it's like, towards the towards the end of the third act, not only are there a lot of just crazy characters in it and stuff but there's a lot of characters running back and forth to the command center and back it's like okay enough and like you have like some crazy shit with alpha 5 and you've got like zordon being an alien who plugs himself into a computer and rita repulsa being like 10 feet tall and being reminiscent of the alien queen <laughs> and like all sorts of shit going on but it, it was a fun script to read and his script deeper is apparently moving closer to production now because they announced idris elba is supposed to star in it and i've heard good things about that one well, what's that one about? It's about a, a, a disgraced astronaut who's going on this. He's get, he's in like a diving bell exploring this newly found ocean trench. Oh God, that that sounds ex- that sounds really similar to like uh to his pit for this um for this movie, right? He like uh, I was watching some video. I forget from from what channel it was on on YouTube. But he was talking about it was like it was one of these pitches that he does, and then he reveals what it is right at the yeah. very end. And it sounds a lot like it because in, in this pitch he had like Chris Pratt or something. And then they have to like dive deep in the in the water. There's something down there. There's like this crazy thing. I think he even said that Michael Michael B. Jordan would play this or this character who goes crazy because they found this object. And then it turns out, oh, and guess what? The object was actually the ring from Lord of the Rings. Oh. And it's like a sequel to Lord of the Rings and shit in modern day. I'm like, what? <laughs> he even had the fucking, uh, I think the ring, I think the ring race were in there too. It's like these yeah. weird, like underwater, like humanoid type of creatures that people would sometimes see or whatever and they'd freak out. But that's probably, you're probably, we're Something similar is probably going to happen in that well, one. Well, my understanding is that, like, he's going down to the diving bell and he's seeing things. It's like, are they real? Are they not? And there's supposed to be a twist at the end. There you go. But there I doubt I, I doubt it's going to be the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's not going to be that. It, it, I, I, w- I, would be sur- I would be surprised if he still tries to connect it to something else, though. Right? Yeah, it's, it's going to be because the next. Because if that's, if that's the case, then I'm like, okay, I'll... I'll, I'll I'll, I'd look forward to seeing what that twist is just for that. It's going to be Cloverfield but, 4. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> they just get down there and they find at the bottom of the trench it's that fucking pod from the end of Paradox. They're like, we're still in here! <laughs> <laughs> and Cloverfield's like, sup? <laughs> and you get like, like half-burned like John Goodman going like, hey! <laughs> But I suppose that leads us to this script. Now, basically, what happened with this is that Chronicle was a movie that 
Yeah, that came out and was a surprise hit. Like, Fox just kind of dumped it in, like, February or something like that. And they didn't expect a whole lot from it. Then became this crazy hit, and they were me like, we want a sequel. And so Landis goes, writes this script, and he also pitched another idea, which sounded really, really dumb. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about this here just because it's not really relevant to anything else, but apparently there's, like, a time travel thing that happens. And and so all and it ends up, it takes them back to a point that all three characters are still alive at the end. <laughs> And then they end up fighting government agents together. And I'm like, okay, that sounded really dumb. <laughs> like, as soon as I read that, I'm like, I'm glad he wrote this as a script and not that. Yeah. So to uh, jump into this, it's uh, Chronicle 2 Martyr. And the date is September 24th, 2012. So this is only like seven months after the movie came out. So not too long of a time frame, difference in time frame between when the first movie takes place and when the second one, the script is supposed to take place, because it's it's nine months after the original. Okay, so it starts, it's found footage again, and we're introduced to this couple. I'm never really sure how genuine their chemistry is meant to be. Yeah, I don't know. Jack, Jack uh, the he seems like he's kind of like an asshole. Right, like because it keeps showing all these like like really sentimental kind of sappy scenes with them together, but then later on there's this implication that oh he was manipulating her and blah blah blah. Mm. But it's like but it feels like we're getting like like half a picture here. Yeah. But they're living in this this crappy house in L.A., which of course he can't describe it as crappy. He has to describe it as punk rock. <laughs> <laughs> and like there's multiple moments where Jack like something will happen and Jack will be like. Now that's punk or something like that. Dumb. <laughs> but it's Miranda Hodgkins and Jack Fisk, and she's recording everything with a camera. And at first they seem kind of normal. Then we're getting hints that Miranda's mentally ill. She's seeing bugs crawling all over on the floor that aren't there. Like there's a scene of her like using the camera to like follow something along the floor, and she's saying, "Oh, there's these spiders here, but there's nothing there on the camera." Yeah. And so it's, and so Jack is like, did you not take your medication today? I need you to take it. You're not going to be, I'm not going to let you leave the house. So she takes it and they go have this date at like the Santa Monica pier, which is important for later because they're on like the Ferris wheel and they're like, oh, we're so happy, which speaking of Cloverfield, <laughs> <All right. laughs> no, there's no see you, you don't see something crashing to earth in the background of the scene, sadly. But so, yeah. And then we're seeing that they're building something in the basement and she's working on a Gatling gun. <laughs> Out of all the damn things, like, <laughs> yeah, it's it like, just oh. happens. Oh, look at this. And I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> and she's, she's watching, and you see, she's watching clips from the first movie. We're seeing Andrew at the junkyard where he's experimenting around and when he uses the term apex predator. And so, and, she, and we see she's working on editing video clips together, but we don't really know why yet. And so then we, this is where we get the Ferris wheel date. My bad. And he and like Jack is like saying like, hey, you're filming everything. It's not because you want to keep a record. It's because you want to dissociate yourself from the world, blah, 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 which is usually the psychobabble explanation for why someone in a found footage movie is filming everything. Yeah. Like it's almost like it's not the exact words, but it's very similar to what the guy says in uh, the original Blair Witch. He's like, you see, it's not reality. It's like reality, but it's not quite reality. And there's even a scene in the first Chronicle where Matt is like, I think it's Steve who says, don't don't you think it like separates you, puts a wall up or something like that? And it's like, yeah, we get it. You're explaining the camera. <laughs> and so later that night, they see reports on a flying man saving people in Indonesia, followed by a press conference by a government agent named Bruce Hansen, who That's sounds like name. sounds like a uh, TV character. Like a TV cop or something. He says the government has no idea what really happened in Seattle. And they say it's been nine months since then. And Jack goes into this rage. He destroys the TV like he's freaking Al Pacino in Heat. 
All right, right. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, they're, they're trying to get forget what happened. Oh, it didn't matter. But it does matter. It just goes nuts. It's, 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 it's kind of funny. It's like, he's like, they're lying. And he's like, is, is, is your edit finished, man? She's like, I, I don't know. Maybe he's like, is it finished? He goes like, uh, yeah. And he says, well, upload it because everyone now is going to know what happened. All right, and then it's like, my God, it's Chronicle. Yes, that happens in a few <laughs> minutes because we get to see the second POV camera, which is being held by the CIA agent Aiello, who is being taken by Hanson to meet with Matt from the first movie and mentions a massive security breach. And so Matt appears coming down from the sky and he isn't happy about being filmed. And they're like fighting about it for a bit. And then Hanson calms them down, explaining that the filming is part of their mandate because they have to record everything. And they contact him because of an emergency. And then it cuts to Matt watching the footage of the first movie's events edited together, essentially watching the first movie, explaining how it was pieced together. It was by Miranda, but they don't know that yet. It was uploaded to the internet through an untraceable URL somewhere on the West Coast. So CIA can't track a VPN, I guess. <laughs> And Hansen explains, although they confiscated all the footage, the party responsible must have hacked into their servers, leaving no trace. And as like, hacked into your servers? What is this, 1994? <laughs> I was just thinking about Zero Cool the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> and so he actually attacks and destroys Aiello's camera. Yeah, it, Matt, Matt just flips out every time yeah, the fucking camera. Goes. Yeah, he, he's fucking on edge throughout this script. Like, he like really is not holding together. Oh, totally. That, that's that's real evident. If anything, I think that's like the most unclear thing in all of this. Because I see what they're trying to do. They're trying to give him more of a character here. Yeah. Because of the three in the original, he, he was the one who kind of balanced out the extremes of Steve and Andrew. And, and so he was kind of, you know, the least overt character of the three. And so they're kind of trying to bring something else to him here. And I feel like that's kind of the problem of doing a Chronicle 2 is that you're left with Matt kind of as your central character and he's the least interesting of the three. So you're going to kind of have to do something, but it's a little weird the way it's done here. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't think I don't I like I don't think like in the in the months uh, between the first movie and writing this, I, I'm guessing there was just not enough time to be like, what do I do with Matt? What do I do? <laughs> yeah, let's give him long hair and a beard and make him angsty. <laughs> Because it is mentioned he has a beard and long hair. Yeah. <laughs> like, he went from being so happy in Tibet to being like, ah, fuck. Jack is just... Oh, wait, wait, I skipped, I skipped the note. <laughs> yeah, we go back to Miranda and Jack, and they're driving out into the desert and showing they get even more of these, like, really sort of, like, at kind of relationship moments. And they, so they're at a remote desert flat, and there's all kinds of junk and stuff there, and Miranda says that they used to take her there, which is hinting at her past, which we don't get for, like, well over halfway into this thing. Yeah, that's a shame. I was like, well, when are we going to get to this? But, I mean, I still feel like we barely even... Oh, no, yeah. well, they, they say enough. Yeah, they say enough, but it, it, it is a little kind of fast, because... I think it's I think it's limited by the format because you can only get so much exposition in in a found footage setting, yeah. I guess. But it, it's it's strange. But so they're out here at this place. They're testing different weapons. They shoot rounds from the Gatling gun. They use a sonic weapon that shears off part of a bus. And there's this electricity generator thing that they call a lightning bug, but it doesn't work. It like zaps Jack. He's like, oh yeah, cool. Surprisingly, he's not fucking dead. I thought he was. I I honestly thought he was gonna blow up once it hit him. Yeah, it's like, oh no, shit. But no, Jack, he's really happy about this and starts planning on what they're gonna do. And this is when we finally get the idea that he wants to kill Matt, and he's saying that he's okay if people get hurt in the process as long as they get justice. And he he says he's he tells Miranda it's okay if they get hurt too because it would make them martyrs for their cause. And oh, so this 
Yeah, he's a lunatic. And this is where we learned that his brother was a helicopter pilot that was killed during Andrew's rampage. And you do actually see a helicopter crash in the movie, so... There you go. So it, this isn't like some BVS thing where it's like, oh yeah, Bruce Wayne was right there. <laughs> like, maybe we'll get to, like, the George Lucas version of BVS, of, of Man of Steel, and you'll just see, like, a little CGI Ben Affleck running, going towards the cloud. I wouldn't be surprised one day. That would be pretty funny. It's it's the only Snyder cut we'll get. <laughs> <laughs> okay and so it, it cuts ahead to sometime later and we finally see that they're testing a a prototype mech suit that's cobbled together from various pieces with all the weapons mounted on it as well as a camera that we also see the footage from and so jack tests its electromagnetic system which it uses to fly and he makes it work albeit with a rough landing which is an interesting parallel to the first movie because when they first fly they have troubles with the landing mm, that's cool yeah, and so so that's kind of a cool thing they do. And so Jack, we get a jacket Miranda kiss, and we cut to sometime later, and we learn that the release of Chronicle online has prompted the <laughs> government to open up and hold a press conference where Matt will speak, and Jack wants to go after him with the martyr suit. But Miranda protests that the final bigger model isn't ready and gets him to promise to hold off. And so yeah, I forgot to mention this earlier, but the fact that they show how Chronicle got edited together in the movie, could you imagine walking into Chronicle 2 and seeing that and just going, no way. <laughs> I mean, that'd be pretty neat because like a lot of the the fact that it's like from the government and edited it down or whatever, like plen- I, I have seen plenty of found footage movies all the damn time. Like for like I think from like probably 2015 through 2017, where many times they go, oh, property of so-and-so. This this is an edited down version of whatever the fuck happened. It's all real, but I mean, this is this is probably the only time where it would you know you actually see that happen, right? It's like yeah. oh, okay, where you actually see them edit it together, with the slight exception of that piece of shit Diary of the Dead, <laughs> where it says like like a couple minutes at the beginning of her going like I've edited this together and used music to scare you. Ooh. Oh, God. <laughs> That's so awful, dude. <laughs> <laughs> movie, I, I mean, rest in peace, George Romero, but that was a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, where am I? Scrolling down, scrolling down. Okay, we get introduced to yet another character with a camera, Agent Stephanie Freeman, and she's prepping Matt for the press conference in, in a hotel room, and he meets his Uncle Richard, who was Andrew's abusive, drunk-ass father, who went beyond being just a drunk to being almost psychotic in that movie. Jesus Christ, why, why even bring him back? Yeah. And, and he seems to have gotten his act together somewhat. He's just kind of chill. He goes like, oh, yeah, by the way, some of your fans burned my house down. Like, his personality has changed completely. <laughs> sorry about that, right? Doesn't he say that? He's like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. sorry. Yeah. Like, oh, that's casual. They just burned it to the fucking ground. Yeah, his, yeah, and his character is just, it's weird here. And I feel like he's only here because he survived the first movie. And that's something I can mention because apparently the way the movie was originally written was that it was supposed to was Andrew. He wasn't going to drop him and Matt was going to save him, blah, blah. Andrew just pulled him apart like the spider. Holy shit, dude. What the fuck? Why didn't they? I don't know. No, like, they didn't have they, enough money for that. Or they wanted to get the PG-13. That but, explains to them. Yeah, but it's one of those things. It's one of the least satisfying bits in the movie where it's like, yeah, this guy gets squashed on the ground. And then Matt's like, no, I got to be Superman in this situation. It's like, no, let the fucker die. <laughs> I mean, it was one of those things with that character where throughout the movie, you get kind of enough background on him where you understand why he's such a wreck. But then he just starts acting like such a psychopath where he's going like, how are you getting to school? I'm not hearing cars drive up to the house. And then when his son's in the hospital and he's just like giving him this shit, even though he knows he has superpowers at this point, it's like, okay, you're just crazy and you should die right now. 
Jesus Christ. Because there's this whole thing about he was a firefighter and he got injured and so he can't work anymore and his his wife is badly sick and all that. So you kind of get why he's a wreck, but then he just goes over that line and it's like, yeah, it's like, okay, you you need to die now. (laughs) But no, he only shows up for like this scene too. And then he's gone. Yeah. I was like, okay, it's, it's that guy. Goodbye. Yeah. And then Matt's parents actually show up and we never see them in in the first movie. Mm. So that was kind of cool. But then, like, and they're like, and then the CIA people, they're like, okay, we're gonna give you a ride, and he's like, really? And he just flies. <laughs> but, <laughs> but they're holding the uh, the press conference at uh, the AT and T Stadium in uh in San Francisco, and like it this just, scene. yeah, this scene, it just like I mean, he just barely starts talking to these people when Jack shows up in the martyr prototype and just starts attacking, like firing into the crowd and stuff like that. So this sounds like it could be a really cool scene to look at because like Matt's like kind of fighting him but he's also saving people at the same time and you find out later that only two people actually died which is like okay he knows what he's doing with this whole hero thing but eventually like what happens is that like jack is like trying to fire up the lightning bug and then matt just throws him into like the stadium lights and that causes it to malfunction and blow up and so he gets caught in like the stadium lights and stuff like that but no no he throws him into the light he gets caught and then he, he blows himself up the, the lightning bug blows up and traps him, and so Miranda's watching. She just shows up on top of the scoreboard, and he's right like, on time. And like Jack is like monologuing about how like nothing could stop you from becoming like Andrew, blah blah blah. But it's a distraction from like hit the self destruct or something. Perfect. But like the uh, the attempt to kill him fails, but kills him in the process. And Miranda's watching, and like she almost falls off the scoreboard, but the camera falls, and you're like watching her as it falls, and you see her just losing her grip on her sanity completely. Which that was definitely a cool shot. Yeah, that, that, that's the moment where, okay, now now I'm the villain. Yeah, and it, it, that that was actually a cool moment. And so Matt, he flies off to the Haven Hills facility, which is where Hanson is in charge of things. And we and we find out a, bit, a little bit later that it's built on the site of where the party barn from the first movie was. A burst into Hanson's office. There's this big confrontational scene, which I like, because it shows Hanson is not your stereotypical government guy. Yeah, he's not a jackass. He's, he's, like, the, he's the MVP, baby. Yeah, they actually, and I actually kind of like the relationship these two have, because it's a genuinely well-written sort of, not necessarily comedy camaraderie but but the sort of kind of mentor figure almost that hansen fills for him and the way they interact is very well done i think yeah i think yeah yeah i agree that's like the only uh relationship that actually works out for me in this whole thing yeah and so uh and so so he cooperates and he says he orders the martyr prototype retrieved and he sends jack's the description of jack and uh, miranda's police sketch as described by matt to uh to the authorities and then there's a scene with uh, Matt and Stephanie in the bathroom where he's shown that he can now heal his injuries with his powers. And he talks pretty about, cool. And he talks about how like he can pick if he can picture himself doing it in his mind that he can make it work, which is really cool. And it is kind of just there to foreshadow for later, but it's a cool idea. And okay, and so uh and he and we also hear that, you know, the area where the hole was has been dug up and Matt doesn't want to go over there because he thinks Mogo, as he calls it, is mad at him. And and I'm gonna keep. Um, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna explain what that is, but I want to go to the next part first. And it's like Matt. He um he sees a report on a highway pile up on TV and wants to go help. Ha- Hanson wants him grounded in case the people behind the attack strike again. So they walk out into the woods, and we see the now excavated crystalline structure, which now appears to have a face, which is like probably probably the second most interesting thing about it. Where it's like, why does it have a face? And that's all we get. Yep. They and, don't tell you a thing. This is to me. This is the one thing 
that I was extremely disappointed about where it's like in between those nine months, all of the stuff that you, that, I mean, if you cared enough, all the stuff that you wanted to know about thing or whatever the fuck they gave their powers, it all happened in those nine months, I guess. Right. Yeah. And he, he's met all these government people and he's apparently, I guess he somehow has communicated with this thing because he can sense if it's angry at him or, or whatever. It, it's all very vague. Now, there was this video, um, you can find it on YouTube, where, where Landis was asked at uh, Comic-Con about, he was asked, what was in the hole in Chronicle? And he goes on this whole thing explaining about how in, like, prehistoric times on Earth or the Archaean Age, as he calls it, there were these crystal-like creatures that existed. And we found their remains, but we don't really know it because because they just look like rocks. And we don't generally look at that too closely when we see it. We just think, oh, it's a rock. At these things, but they're still alive, they're still around, but they've dug down towards the core, and every now and then some of them will come up to the surface and start feeding, like one of them popped up at Roanoke, and he mentions a couple other places throughout <laughs> history. Roanoke. <laughs> yeah, that old chestnut. Jesus, Landis, what are you, you mad, man, what are you trying to tell these people? <laughs> yeah, and that this one, apparently what happened in the movie was that this one came up towards the surface, but what, for whatever reason it couldn't feed. And these things apparently can create like puppets or something. Like, like I, I was, I wasn't really clear on this part, but that they can create like they can like turn people into like like their finger puppets or something, and that's something to do with the powers. But for whatever reason, these guys just got powers. Yes, I guess maybe that's why. Maybe that's why Mogo's angry. I yeah. gave you these gifts. What are you doing? I yeah, guess. and I have, but I mean, I'm not. I wasn't really clear on some of the details of what he was talking about there. But he said his idea for Chronicle Three. Oh, God. Was that one of these things came up and comes back, another one comes up to the surface and it takes over this entire town, so it's going to be Matt versus these basically almost kind of zombie-like people with powers? Well, that would have been cool if we would have, if they would have given us more explanation in this script. Yeah. I don't know how he can say, oh, I have this planned out, when he doesn't tell you anything here. I mean, I'm guessing he was going to explain all that away. In the beginning of the next one, I guess. Yeah, in the oh, third he, movie at some point. He, he actually says, like, I thought it'd be really cool if we would be, like, doing this found footage movie, and this guy just rapid fire goes, yeah, these things that were around the Archaean Age, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and he, because he talks about, he talks about, like, it's saying that's, like, it's a really real thing, and he builds this whole history that sounds, it's bullshit, but it's kind of convincing bullshit. And then he goes, by the way, none of that's actually real. I mean, I, I appreciate that he, that he even thought of all this shit, of all that bullshit, right? Because... I, get, I mean, I guess he must have he must have had a fucking plan then. I, I, I don't I don't know. Well, he said that well after this was written. Oh, uh, okay. That so. was like a 2013 Comic Con thing. All right, so he had like a, a year. Yeah, and so I'm guessing he was sort of playing with some of those ideas when he was writing this, and that after he wrote this, he sort of start start thinking about it a little more. Because if you've ever seen any of his YouTube videos, it's like he has like a billion different ideas, and he can just rapid fire throw them out all at once. Yeah, that's that, that's one of the things that I liked about him before, where it's like, oh, you know, he would just like he'd just be like so fucking um and, uh, animated as he's talking about his, all this crazy shit, and I'm like, okay, but but yeah, none of that's here. We just get the idea that. The crystal thing has a face, and Matt calls it Moga. We don't really know how he knows that. And it's not from the government people, because they don't seem to know anything about it. They just seem to go, oh, this thing here. But okay, so Hanson, you know, he talks Matt into lying low at the safe house his family is being kept at, and Matt agrees, but he still flies out and helps with the pile up, and the Aiello's like, hey, I have to stay with you, it's my orders. He's like, okay, and then, like, psychically flies him along with him, which, you're <laughs> lucky you didn't kill that guy from shock. <laughs> 
And so he saves all the people in the pile up and he grabs a news camera, looks directly and says, I am not afraid of you. And then you see uh, Miranda. I think Miranda is actually watching it on TV and she's just freaking out. What a madman. He fucking wants a fight. Like, I kind of like I like that direction for the character. I just feel like we could have gotten him from the place he was in at the end of the first movie a little bit, a little bit more organically. Yeah, because cause all of a sudden, because he was like super, he was like almost like, well, I wouldn't say at peace, but he was like in that uh, mood where he's just like, okay, you know, like, he's grown as a person, especially considering all the bullshit that happened at, at by the end of the first movie. And he's like out in search for answers, you know, he's like, I'm going to go help people if I have, if I, if I see that I need to help. But at the same time, I'm, not, I'm also going to try to find an explanation as to what happened to us and why. But we don't see any of that. Nope. And I do. I, and I do. And one thing I just thought of is that apparently the government went and confiscated all the cameras. So that's why until the, the movie gets released online, nobody really knows what happened. And I'm like, and because so Jack and Miranda, they edited Chronicle together. They, they had all that footage. So that means some poor government agent had to hike all the way up that fucking mountain in Tibet to get that camera. <laughs> That's so true. Because Matt just po- he points at those buildings, and they just fly. You hear him fly away at the end of the movie. Either that, or he just like got it again after he met up with like these government people. Yeah, <laughs> which is which is pretty. It, it, it's pretty amusing. But okay, so Miranda, she's shown back at Jack's house, followed by they call it a whirly bird, but I'm just gonna call it a drone because that's what it is. Yeah. It's those it's those little drone helicopters you can control with your phone. Which this is actually a little bit ahead of time when ahead of its time when you think of that because that wasn't something you were thinking about in 2012. Really. Yeah, that's true because it wasn't until a few years later where they're everywhere. They're super fast. I've seen like crazy, crazy fast ones. Nuts. Yeah, and she's uh she's working on the finalized martyr suit which we don't see yet, and she's rambling on about how Matt needs to be stopped. That she's seeing all these little red spiders everywhere, and her th- and she's getting increasingly like inarticulate and just unfocused. And she's coming unglued. Then there's a suspenseful moment where the landlord comes to the door and he unlocks the door and he's reaching in to try and like undo the chain. She's just about to stab him with a kitchen knife when he back, when he decides he's not, he's going to come back again and try tomorrow. That was all pretty cool. You'll get your rent when you fix this damn door. (laughs) Spider-Man. I forgot about that scene until just now. The best scene, dude. <laughs> There's so much shit in Spider-Man 3. Like, I, I forgot entire parts of Spider-Man 3, I think. <laughs> you should watch it again, dude. <laughs> no, I got better things to do with my time. <laughs> but okay, so she, uh, we see her, she changes into a, they call it a crude flight suit, but they say it's a tank top and yoga pants, and I'm like, okay. Uh, got your fucking yoga pants, got your fucking yoga pants fetish into the script, you know. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm not, I don't know if he actually does have that. I just, I know if there's dudes who are like obsessed with yoga pants. That's the first thing I thought of. <laughs> yeah. But you can hear the, basically the, the martyr suit, um, firing up in the basement. And then she starts monologuing about how caterpillars begin to change when a single illuminated cell signals that it's time. And she says, I am an illuminated cell. And I had to go, I had to stop reading and go research <laughs> this because clearly what they're trying to do here is that they're trying to, uh, parallel the whole apex predator thing from the first movie. Only an apex predator is an actual thing. <laughs> this whole illuminated cell thing is just bullshit. I, it has, I read it has to do with the rock. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But I re- I looked it up. I read about caterpillars, and it's like a hormone that like turns on in their bodies that causes the metamorphosis. So yeah, n- nice try. No cigar though. <laughs> 
And then we see that there's like a specific geographical point is highlighted on her computer. So she knows where the safe house is. Now, I was a little fuzzy on how she figured that out. Like, did she triangulate it based on like the baseball stadium and the highway? Must have been. Or it could just be, you know, uh, CW rules where it's like, I'll just type, tap on this keyboard and oh. Yeah. I found their position. Well, right I, I, here. I did, I did use one of Guggy's favorite words earlier, which is organic. So <laughs> it was funny. This one script for him. I was on somebody was asking after this Mark Guggenheim script. And I'm like, I, I was, I was tempted to go expect nothing. It's a Guggy script. <laughs> oh. But so we're at, so, um, we're, we're back at the safe house and Matt and Stephanie are on like the roof talking. And he's talking about how like since, you know, all that shit went down, his life hasn't been all that great and he feels responsible for, uh, Steve and Andrew not making it. And he's going like, they're the only people who could understand, you know, the situation that he's in. And so now he feels all alone, which is a decent scene. Yeah. And so we cut away to Miranda driving the truck again. There's a tarp covering the back, which obviously has the martyr suit in it. And she gets pulled over by a cop and she jumps under the tarp and the cop's like, uh, something's going on here. And then she just shreds the cop in his car with the miniguns. And so now we're back at the safe house and Maddie starts to do a thing that happens in the first movie where his nose starts bleeding when something, when danger is coming, which I thought it was, I thought watching the first movie that was specifically connected to the other two people because it seemed whenever something bad happened, that was yeah. when he got the signals. Yeah, that's why it was strange when it happened here. Yeah, but no, it's a, he's like, he's like, he's like, no, we got to get out. We got to get out of here now. But then they look out the window and suddenly everything gets filled with smoke from smoke grenades. And then, so, and then, like, she, then, like, the house gets shredded with mini gunfire. Thankfully, nobody is killed. And then that's, that's when the smoke clears and we see the finalized martyr suit. Well, it's like 10 feet tall instead of two mini guns. It has four. <laughs> the spider, like, meh. She, she made herself a Gundam, basically. It's just so weird, man. Like, the entire time I'm just thinking, like, I should have been thinking Avatar, but the entire time I'm just thinking Titanfall, the games, <laughs> and I'm just like, man, dude, what the fuck? I'm like, this is not I was, is I'll, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I was thinking Matrix Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, that's right. God, dude, I completely forgot that they had, like, those that fucking when those Sentinels showed up, You see, right? I, I didn't see that until a couple of years ago, <laughs> so I'm just like, oh, fuck. When did that happen? That was in the, that, that was the third movie? Yeah, that was the, okay. both, both the second and the third were 2003. Ah, uh, okay, because I was wondering, is did, did I see that in, in, like on my DVD player or something, or did I see that scene during um while I was playing Matrix: The Path of Neo? <laughs> you might have seen it in Path of Neo. That must have been. It. I know at the time this is a tangent, but I saw Reloaded when it first hit DVD, and I was like, "What the fuck was that?" And I just never saw Revolutions <laughs> for the longest time. <laughs> I watched it again; it did not get any better. <laughs> yeah, just stick with the first one, I guess. And it ends per yeah, it ends perfectly well. But okay, but no, she like okay, where are we gonna get yeah, but she like she's like blasting Matt with the lightning bug trying to kill him, but then um the soldiers who have been watching the house, they show up and they just start shooting at the, the martyr suit. And because it's designed to go up against Matt and not up against, you know, actual conventional weapons, you know, she can't stand against them, so she's forced to, to fly away and she's going like crazy person noises. She's <laughs> oh does it say that in the script? Because I think... No, never there's, mind. <laughs> there's multiple points where she is just screaming. I, I, I might have to skip ahead to like page 70 or something. Yeah, it, it says Miranda inside the suit screeches in psychotic anger and frustration. Oh, there, there, there it is. I'm like, holy shit, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'll avoid my impersonation. <laughs> oh, no. 
Okay, so Matt, who recovers really quickly in the hospital, you know, Hansen shows up to talk to him, and then this guy called General Poole shows up, who hands over this file he has on Miranda, and it says that Miranda, along with her sister, they were genius-level children. It's also mentioned that she's French for some reason. He must, he must hate French people. Yeah, Miranda Hodgkins, the most French of names. <laughs> You know, they were, you know, they were picked up by the government. They were genius level children. And Miranda was specifically picked for Project Opal, a covert program that was teaching them to make sophisticated weapons. And he says, you know, blah, 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 cybernetics, blah, 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 names all this stuff. And then in her teenage years, she started to show signs of mental illness. And then they just kicked her out of the program at 17. And she somehow met up with Jack, whom they describe as an anarchist. And, and his associate, Poole and his associates, they say they were well aware of what Miranda and Jack were planning that in fact as soon as the servers got hacked they've traced it right to them but they said nothing about it and they say because you know they hoped that they would create a weapon that could take Matt down so that they could then to basically what they want to do is they want, they want her to take Matt down so they could then kill her and then take the weapon from her yeah I mean which is say you're smart I guess and so both Matt and Hanson are pissed off by this and so Matt just chucks Poole across the room and then flies off to LA in search of Miranda and basically says he is planning to kill her like the anger is just taken over him. Like he's he's Batman in that uh in that B- in that BVS script we covered. Oh yeah, I'll just murder everyone. Oh this wait, jacket. never mind. I was thinking BVS. You're talking about the original. I'm talking about the script. I'm talking about the script we covered where he gets yeah homicide. Well, he's, he's just so angry. He's so <laughs> fucking angry. <laughs> where he digs up the Jack in the Box in the Joker's grave and just screams at the sky. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> Although, in retrospect, that script was actually better than the movie. Oh, it to- definitely, dude. I had, I, I honestly had no doubt in my mind that that it would have, that it was going to be better. No doubt whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but okay. So Miranda gets visited by her sister Polly, and they did mention her in the general spiel. But her showing up here at the end just seems kind of like it's. We need to give this like ten more pages, guys. Yeah, exactly. Because it's just like, oh, okay. Like she just shows up and then disappears, and that's it. So weird. And Polly is like trying to calm her and get her back down from her campaign again. In fact, when she comes to the door, Miranda almost stabs her. Yeah. Is there even any point to that scene? Like for her to even show up? No, I don't. I don't think she shows up again because Miranda knocks her out, cuffs her to like of something, and she's like monologuing about stuff. And then she takes off in the martyr suit. Yeah, it's pointless. Like her, her calling Matt. She calls Matt the villain, and that ties into what she says at the end. But that's about it. She could have just crazy chatted about it earlier. And so we see Matt from a distance, like they're like they're like in like in front of like in front of some stores or something. And like Stephanie is talking to him, trying to calm him down. It seems like it works. And then whoop, bam! The martyr suit shows up and just pimp slaps her out of the way. Jeez. And she's gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, speaking of characters disappearing, I completely forgot to mention that when Matt meets his parents, like he goes like, "Oh, is Casey gonna show up?" And they're like, "No, we can't find her." <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. The the blogger chick from the first movie that he's dating. Yeah, uh, that's done. <laughs> that character, I guess, I guess he wrote her out because everybody, like like 99% of people complain about that character. She is as well. There you go, then. Because they're like, she only exists in this movie to have a second camera. <laughs> like, I didn't care. I didn't mind her, really. And seeing Matt trying to awkwardly hit on her was hilarious. With, like, the philosophy thing, and then Andrew just goes like, hey, hey Matt, what did Young say about glow sticks? <laughs> 
Because they're at the barn rave at that point. But then, like, okay, so Hanson, who set up a base of operations nearby, is confronted by General Poole, who wants him to refrain from interfering so he can uh, take let Miranda take down Matt and then kill her and take the suit. And then Hanson calls him out going like, yeah, you're going to let all these innocent people die just to prove your point. Yeah, that's stupid. And so he goes like, anybody who doesn't want to be in on the court, Marshal, give me your car keys. (laughs) I like that line. And then it just cuts to them fucking fighting. And then Hanson just, bam, drives in out of nowhere and plows into the martyr suit. Oh, yeah. And (laughs) And the MVP moment right there, dude. I was like, He gets out a shotgun and destroys the hydraulics (laughs) on one arm. And he's like, Matt, get away. But then Miranda, like, smacks him aside, and he, he's okay. Yeah, thankfully. I was like, no! <laughs> I'm, like, not answering you bastards. And then we get this airborne fight between them. And this is where I really started losing track of where the fuck are the cameras. It's <laughs> <laughs> somewhere. Yeah, they're, like, fighting in the air, and then they crash into the beach right near the Santa Monica Pier. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> And so they're like, they're, they're like fighting in the surf and she's trying to, uh, she subdues him with, uh, the sonic weapons and attempts to blast him with the lightning bug. But then he like, at the last minute, he telekinetically flings some ocean water at it and then shorts out the lightning bug. So the, and so the fight continues. They spill onto the pier itself. And then Miranda sees the, uh, the Ferris wheel and she's like, Oh, Jack. Oh, Jack. She doesn't say that, but you can tell she's thinking it. And then while she's distracted, Matt just like yanks the, the Ferris wheel off its moorings and just smashes it into her. It's like, whoopsie. If he if he can do that, I mean, the like suit he, should. He can just do that with the suit. That, I, that's like one of the problems with like characters like that. It's like, how do you how do you just not make them do the thing? You know, Espe- especially since shooting it can hurt it. Mm. But so like it, so at the martyr suit, it like kind of like emerges from the wreckage, but then Matt telekinetically holds it in place and then yanks it apart limb from limb, which is a callback to the spider. Mm. And if they would have kept that original um, thing in the movie, it would have been what happened to uh, Andrew's father. So the parallel they're trying to do here would work a lot better in that case. Yeah. Where he just goes crazy. He just rips the suit open and he takes her out and just starts smashing her around and smashing her into the walls and you like hear her bones breaking and stuff. Oh god. And then he sees what's going on and he's horrified and goes, oh shit, and flies away. <laughs> and then like 30 seconds later, I guess he went, oh crap, maybe I shouldn't leave her there. <laughs> and oh, comes yeah, back. yeah, he comes back. <laughs> <laughs> He comes back, and, like, you can see from a camera, Dway's off, he's, he's saying something to her, but you don't know what he's saying, and the reveal of this is kind of weak. But it's like, but he, he heals oh. her, he uses his healing powers on her and fixes her, and then flies away again. And he looks up and he sees the cam- well, he looks up and he sees the, the cameras watching him, and he goes like, oh, crap, they're gonna think I'm Jesus now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why he's, like, gets, he's just freaked out about that. Yeah, and he's freaked out about, you know, how people are going to view him now, and then he flies away, and he's, like, over the ocean, and Hanson tries to talk to him from a helicopter, but he's not having any of it and flies away, and then we get Miranda in the interrogation room with Hanson, and we find out she's back on her medication, and she's realized she was wrong about Matt, and that he says he's not the bad guy, he's going to come back because he's the hero. It's like it's like Landis is trying to do his version of a Gordon speech at the end of the Dark Knight. Mm. <laughs> not 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 nearly as good. No way. <laughs> but and then like we get to see, you know, I don't know if this is meant to be another camera, if this is supposed to be like the one objective movie moment in the script. But he's saying like, I understand, I understand, I'm sorry, blah blah blah, which is like that's all he said. Yeah, it doesn't make any. I'm like, okay, sure. I thought it was gonna be something, some big reveal or some bullshit. 
Because that's what it felt like it was leading up to. And then it's like, okay, like, cares? Because, I mean, Jack was giving him shit about the fact that, like, you could have saved Andrew and you didn't. I felt like it was going to call back to that. He was going to say something about that. He's going to say, I'm not going to do to you what I did to him. You know, I can, I can fix this or something like that. But no, he just kind of mm-hmm. says, I'm sorry. You know, m- m- my bad, bro. I'm going to fix you. And then, boom, gone. And so that's where it ends. Yeah, that's it. And it's an interesting idea. I like the development. I think Miranda's interesting. And the idea of sort of like the lo-fi mech suit is kind of cool. Yeah, but it just feels like it's too insane. Dude. It's like you're watching, like, like I said, like it's basically Titanfall. That's the move. It moves. It moves like as if it's like decades ahead of a time. And like the, the, then they, I guess they just explain it away by saying, oh, yeah, she's just super smart. And then I think at one point, I think it's her sister who goes, you discovered cold fusion. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, in the basement with a box of scraps. Yeah, and then that's the only explanation you get. It's like, here's why, here's why giant robot. It's like how the MCU went from like, in, in like the, the, like the 10 years or the 11 years now of the MCU, they went from kind of grounded real world movie with Iron Man, with like the Afghan war going on and stuff like that. And now we've got Thanos. We got Dormammu. <laughs> it's like we took that 10 year journey and just compressed it into nine months. And that's great, dude. I love that. I love when, like, you can look back and see how fucking grounded everything was and just how batshit crazy it got. Same it's like thing, a- yeah, same thing with, like, the, the Arrowverse on CW, you know? They went from gr- grounded in reality, no, no superheroes. There will be no superheroes to, like, fighting aliens from outer space. And now they're, and now this year... You're going to get Crisis on Infinite Earth? I'm like, Really? Yeah, that's what you're I am so far behind. Arrow Season 4 was pissing me off so much, I basically stopped watching TV entirely. We're we're getting Crisis on Infinite Earth, dude. The the one thing that everybody, that mostly everyone was saying after after that first Flash pilot, right? At the end, where it's like, Flash vanishes in Crisis. There's only one time where that's ever happened. And everyone, I was freaking out, dude. I was thinking, these people are crazy if they think they can imply (laughs) that this happened. And now, and look where we are. This December, it's going to happen. Good God, dude. Yeah, and I I, I, I still remember that I mean, Flash was doing all that shit in season one, and then we were so high on it, we thought the dude said fucking Batman in an episode. Yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> horrible. I think he honestly, I, I think he said that word. Of, he said that. It's weird, because... It's so funny how we were, yeah, I remember you, me, and Veps, we were freaking out because we misunderstood, we misheard what he said. And it wasn't just us. I Like, I, I remember going on, uh, going to the comments on Comic Book Movie just to see what people thought about the episode. And a lot of them were thinking, well, what we thought was when he said that man, he said Batman because it made sense but uh, that he would say it. But it kind of was like, what, what, right? And then I see the last crossover episode where they fucking go to Gotham City to, like, like find Batman. But obviously he's not there because, oh, he's gone. But just hearing Barry even say the words Batman, I'm like, that shit sounds just like that motherfucker <laughs> Kavanaugh saying Batman. He clearly said Batman, dude. Like, but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like we made that whole 10-year journey in, like, nine months in this script. Yeah, like, it's, it's not it's like just, the movie would have come out nine months later either. Oh, that's right. Well, yeah, that that's true. But man, dude, it just it just feels like so out of left field for me. Like the whole giant mech shit. And I get like even Landis. I think I like Landis. I I think he even thought the same because when he 
reveals the mech, the the suit or whatever. I guess the first one you re- when he reveals it in the script, he kind of says like, I, I think he says something about that. It's kind of like shocking in in the way of how casual of how casually it's revealed. Yeah, there's like no big moment. It's just like, oh, and by the way, there's this thing. It's like, oh, oh, a, a, a robot. But there's no like big holy shit. What the fuck are you doing? It's just yeah, let me know. see if. Let me see if I can uh, find the the description. I'm trying to find the description of it where they first reveal it. Oh, I found it. Yeah, I found it. The reveal is so casual that it's almost start. Yeah, there you go. That's exactly how I thought. I was like, excuse me? And then it's like, it's literally what he wrote right there. So casual that it's almost starting me. Except that I was like, what the fuck? Even though I already knew about mech, about these giant mech or whatever, like from when he spoke about it at some point, even I, even then I was like, that's uh, that's nuts, dude. What are you doing? <laughs> but I I do give this script credit. It's not just the first movie all over again. It's not like more people find a hole and they discover their powers and blah blah blah. Yeah, I, I can appreciate that. And so pretty much what happened with this was that he he turned the script in. Fox said no. They said this is too different. We just want Chronicle all over again, basically. Mm, yeah. Okay. So that's why. And that's I believe why they, he's not. Yeah. They they said oh we're, we we have somebody else writing it, but. Yeah, and I believe for a while there, even even Josh Trank was signed on to this. It wasn't until the whole secondary idea, until like Landis's idea was thoroughly thrown out, that that Trank walked away and went, "I'm going to do that Fantastic Four movie." Right, right. I think that. Yeah, I think that's what happened. Yeah, that that's pretty much what happened. And so yeah, we know how that went down. <laughs> so Chronicle is a uh, dead because they hired they did hire another writer to come on. I can't yeah. remember his his name off the top of my head. Maybe I should check that real quick. Yeah, it's been like I don't know how many. I think it's been a few years now at this point. I'm 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 thinking maybe in 2014 is when what was the last that I heard about it. Yeah, so it's been like five years. I don't think this is ever going to go anywhere. Yeah, and the, and the thing and Landis has reflected on it. Uh, he's reflected on it retrospectively, where he, he said things like. There was a movie that Fox just kind of picked up and made on the cheap, and they didn't even know what they had. If they knew they were making it, they wouldn't have made it. Yeah, I've heard that. If, if that makes any sense. I mean, and, so, and that's part of what he feels went wrong with Fantastic Four was that they hired the Chronicle guy and didn't want to do, had like really heavily controlled him. Yeah, probably. I mean, that's what I've been hearing this whole time, where it's just like, you know, they just took him from this movie that was just a random success, I guess, and then they're like, now Fantastic Four. Yep. Okay, so in March 2014, Fox hired Jack Stanley to write the script. And he was a newcomer. Let's see if he's done anything else. He wrote Sweetheart, the story of a female assassin whose attempt to get out of the biz is thrown away by her high school reunion. So he is it was a blacklist script. And he wrote a werewolf thriller called Silver. And yeah, I've not heard of either of these scripts. It's one of those things. The blacklist is one of those things where everybody goes like, oh, you made the blacklist. And nine times out of ten, they don't happen. And when they do happen, no one gives a shit. <laughs> yeah, no one cares. It's like, everyone's like, they should make Passengers. Like, for ten years, they were like, they should make Passengers. And then Passengers came out and nobody watched it. Lordy. But yeah, that pretty much covers this script. I think it, it's, it's, a, it's a good read. Like, it doesn't read badly or anything. And yeah, it, it's, it's a, pretty easy to follow. I mean, it's short, so that's a plus. And it's like, you know, it's not overly complicated. Yeah, and when we say short, it's 97 pages. Yeah, that, that that's that's good enough. Which is about like twelve more minutes than the uh, than the first movie, which is eighty four minutes. Yeah, and 
And so, yeah, it's it's pretty standard. Found footage movies generally should stick to kind of shorter lengths. Definitely. It would be like, okay, how long did this battery stay in the camera? <laughs> right. There's there's one um that's on I think uh, on YouTube or Vimeo or something. I forget. I think it's about like, some museum or some shit like that. But it's like 40, 50 minutes long, and it's you know pretty well made too. I mean, it's pretty good is what I'm saying. But yeah. yeah, like that length is perfect. It's not until you get to like. Oh, this is like from like usually when oh we're we're going into this asylum and then you know bullshit always happens. There are so many of those. Not, to me, I, I don't even find it funny anymore. It's just grave like grave encounters. Graven graven yeah grave encounters was fine. And then you have like a bunch of like uh I guess like foreign film versions of like asylum shit. Those are those are always neat too. But yeah, at some the- point you're just you kind of just like blend them all together in your mind if you see too many of those it's like which one was this again but because it's almost usually the same thing <laughs> yeah and then there was grave encounters too which i heard was shit i, I tried watching that but i i, I just didn't i just i just couldn't do it yeah and uh there was the unofficial japanese paranormal activity sequel what, what? oh right right yeah i forgot that existed <laughs> <laughs> until like just now which was probably better than some of the actual sequels I'm sure it is. Which, thank God, that series is over with. Maybe. I mean, it would be. It's gonna be hype the moment that they ever bring it back, right? They're like, "What's this movie?" It's it's gonna be this crazy trailer, and then at the end, it'll be Paranormal Activity. But it'll yeah, be called that, and it won't be like Paranormal Activity Ten or whatever the fuck. Yeah, assuming Blumhouse isn't too busy with the Universal monsters now that they have them. Oh, that's right. Blumhouse also has. Oh, well, duh. Go for it. Go for it, bastards. Make it happen. Yeah, yeah, they got Lee 1L doing Invisible Man. Ooh. Which, after Upgrade, I'm like, let this guy do anything. <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw Upgrade already. I, I finally saw it. Yeah, isn't that cool? It's it's all right. I did oh, not, okay. I did not, it, it wasn't for me, but I, w- I hope that it's, well, I mean, I highly doubt that they'll, that they'll do a sequel, but all I really wish they would have, like, gone more into all the gore and shit that they were doing because i think there's only like two two deaths in there that are really fucked up oh, and yeah. i was like i was like clapping at those i'm like yes but then that's that's all i get and i don't know i like i guess it's all right i mean it was better than i expected it to be you know it had like this it had like at the beginning it had this like weird uh dread vibe right with like all the fucking drones and how like it looked right like from their point point of view when it's scanning people so i thought that was pretty neat and i mean i guess i mean if it if the movie didn't end the way that it ended i i would be open for a sequel because it's like okay what could really happen here you know after that i don't, yeah. I don't know i mean i mean i like the ending but it's, it's one of those things where it's like i don't need every movie to have a sequel so I'm kind of okay with that one not having a sequel. I say remake it one day if they they get if the, <laughs> if the, if the dude gets money, more money, just fucking re- redo it, make it two two hours and some go crazy. <laughs> well, I think we've talked this one to death by now. Yeah, I mean, see, there's nothing else you can say really. Because yeah, Chronicle Two, it's it's fine. It's not great but it's 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 a decent read and it could use a little bit of work not just completely throwing it out yeah exactly more work and uh you know like if for for anybody listening if they want to fucking read it you might as well because it doesn't it didn't take long to me to me i finished the script within like in in a single sitting which usually doesn't happen because i'm always like distracted by a lot of other things Uh, uh, yeah but but yeah you don't really need to like focus too much on like trying to uh visualize what you're reading it's pretty like you know 
it's really it's pretty clear is what I'm, I'm getting at. Yeah. So it's, it's a good read for like, oh, you know, I guess I'll read this. It's fine. You're not going to waste time. Yeah, I, I kind of had the same thing as well. But I mean, I, I, I read it a bit slower than I otherwise would have. Well, parts also because I, I take notes just so I can follow everything okay right. for, for the episode. But also, I, I was like, like, I was like ridiculously tired all of Monday because I barely slept Sunday night. Jesus. And that carried over into Tuesday. So I was like, <laughs> I don't got time to read this. Nonsense. But I did actually get read on Tuesday. And I, yeah. I sent you the message over on Facebook. And then that was like the moment Facebook started fucking up. Oh, yeah. That was, I was like, what's happening? <laughs> and so I'm like, uh, oh, thank Christ you tweeted recently. So you're still on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> right. <sighs> but yeah, Chronicle 2, it's okay. Yeah. That, that's really all there is to say about it. So, uh, I completely forgot to do every plug I normally do at the beginning of the episode, so I'm going to have to do them at the end. <laughs> but, uh, guys, I uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. Remember to check us out on, uh, Facebook, Tumblr, and Twitter, and, uh, Blogger, and we're on, we're on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Please, you know, take the time to rate and review us. If you leave an iTunes review, I will read it out on the show if I don't fucking forget to mention it at the beginning every time. <laughs> Okay. Even if it's a negative review, I'll read it out because I've read the two positive reviews I've gotten out already. And uh, also, if you like this sort of subject matter and you want to do it, see another show that covers the same thing, check out the Shelved Podcast. They do a good job of that. I'll put the link down below for that. So all those links will be down below. You want to uh, you want to pimp something while you're here? Nah, uh, uh, not yeah. yet. <laughs> go see Alita. No, wait, oh, it's too yeah. late for that go, shit. Go watch Alita if you can. We need we need sequels. Goddamn it. It might be too late. Cameron, <laughs> see it. I, James, if you're listening, use the three billion you're gonna get from Avatar two and make Alita two. Goddamn it! Yeah, save save the submarine for your Avatar three movie. Exactly. Just let Rodriguez go ham and don't write a three hour script this time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that covers it. So yeah, um, until next time, guys. Uh, bye. <laughs>